welcome back. This is like hurting smoke. It's hurting smoke. It's been a yeah, a long time. It's been too long. That's I'm why uh, we're here today to catch up. I'm your your host, Mildercroft Osterhog. And I'm the other host, uh, Jasper Spence. Yeah. Well, Jasper. Jasper. Jasper, what is it you do in, in life? Oh, God. Um, I'm a cocktail mixologist for uh, transatlantic baggage transports. Trans- I work on ships. Ships and... What, uh, what would you say is your 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 best your best client ever? Well, the sailors—they drink like crazy. Uh, the the sailors, you say? What what do they like to drink? They like to drink mostly rum and ice. Rum and ice? I didn't know Italy was so cold. The Romans had ice, but I said rum and ice. Rum, rum and ice. Of course. What do you do? I would call myself a sort of word demon. I get in between the words and I sort of I put the syllables in the the wrong place. But normally I just have to control a, a smaller team of of other demons. Yeah, demons. They get you to jaywalk or. Uh, make you look at Reddit at work, just kind of you know average stuff. That yeah. Sounds really messed up. It's yeah, it's not too hard. I'm working on a promotion soon. Maybe get into yeah. A promotion could be good for you. Yes, uh, I I tried doing something with Naomi Wolf, but in. It worked a bit too well. They said it was too on the nose. On the nose? Uh, well, on the page. Oh, God. I see. Mm, yeah. So. Yeah. Have you ever crashed a plane? Boats don't normally fly. Yeah. But I've been on. I've been on boats. They sail. I hear there's a lot of buggering on boats. Buggering on boats. Yeah. You have to use a lot of pesticides. being taken advantage of when they get a transplant. The young mutants of the city react. So young man, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I basically, I just kind of, I met this guy. He told me, do you want to make some money? I said, oh my God, zip it out. You know, it's just the kind of thing people ask me, but uh, anyways, he takes me down to this lab and I go to sleep. 
Next thing I know, he gives me 70 bucks, and I walk out the lab, I guess, and, uh, and I got these freaking spikes sticking out my back. Uh, you, sir, there, I, I can't help but, but see that you have snail's feet. Well, yeah, I got snail's feet. Was this a, a personal choice, or is this a... No, they got me out, they picked me up, and they took me downtown, and now I got snail's feet. Uh, were you compensated anything for this, uh, this experiment? They gave me a burger, I said I'll have a burger, they gave me it. I used to be a gardener, but they're trying to get me to eat all the weeds, and I'm, I'm Mr. Slugman, man, man, now, now, now. Tracked down the research program that was in, that was involving these young gentlemen in these experiments, Professor Hermunculus. We were conducting experiments on behalf of the U.S. Postal Service, and um, but don't you feel like you're just making unemployable men even more unemployable? If we can improve man by taking advantage, and I, I understand that that sounds much worse than it actually is. Um, if we can better the human race by sacrificing some of the lesser um, humans in our streets, then yes, I think it's a good thing. Sadly, not all of the subjects were homeless. So, sir, we've been speaking to a number of people involved in the transplant incidences. Uh, can you tell us, what, what is your opinion of snail-footed men and rabbit-ear-fingered boys? I've seen a man... Not so long ago, with a neck of a tortoise, I kind of liked it. He kept looking up at me, and I got, <laughs> I got, a, I thought, I thought he kind of liked me. <laughs> I seen one with rabies the other day. It done me bit me. I'm feeling quite. <laughs> oh, but uh, there's a, a flood of them right now. Now listen here, honey. If these can make me a nice human wolf fur coat, I'm okay with it. That was a report, and I have been Daisy, the dairy cow with a news anchor's transplanted tongue. Tune in next time on Cattle 5 News. Je dirais que les transhumanistes invitent à réfléchir au fait que l'humain, c'est quelque chose qui est fondamentalement en perpétuel devenir. De dépasser euh, le, la loterie génétique qui nous a donné ceci et pas cela, et que souvent on est obligé de faire ainsi parce qu'on est né ainsi. Quels sont les, les avantages Eh bien, le fait tout simplement qu'il n'y a rien de plus précieux que la vie humaine elle-même. En vivant plus longtemps, on se sent de plus en plus heureux, sauf évidemment quand il y a le mécanisme de dégradation. Vivre beaucoup plus longtemps en bonne santé, c'est vraiment le meilleur moyen pour régler le problème de la surpopulation. Dans les pays dans lesquels il y a un problème de surpopulation, c'est les pays dans lesquels la vie est la plus courte. Il faut œuvrer pour que... L'humain devenant machine, la machine devienne humaine.
Alright, what's the craziest thing you've seen on a subway when someone's been looking at their phone and they think, No one's watching me, I can do anything I want. We're asking random people on the street, tell us what you perceive. This one time I saw a guy and he was just like totally watching feet. I saw this baby one time and he was like, watching porno and I thought wow that's really weird for a baby to watch porn and then I looked at it and I was like oh shit that's the baby in the porno this one time I saw a guy and like he was like like looking at a sandwich on his phone and he was like totally into it like he was just like licking his lips and he was just like totally ready to eat that sandwich but he couldn't eat the sandwich because it was just on his phone it's like uh, a man's facetiming uh, he's facetiming a slug he was facetiming a shrimp cocktail a shrimp cocktail you gotta be yeah, I sure, I sure Boris Johnson get on the train. I swear it was Boris, and he had a dead pigeon. He was making it dance a tango. He had another rat, and he had a little tango. The legs. Oh yeah, he was dancing the legs. Yeah. Legs going back and forth. Yeah, he was going back and forth. Back and me. forth. Little Johnson, he was singing. It was Boris, wasn't it? Wasn't it? He was doing a jig, I tell you. A little dancing jig. He was mad. Boris Johnson. I swear on my mother's life, Boris Peaceful Johnson. The Fefful Johnson. I, I think I saw him with. He was certainly blonde. You were blonde, right? Yeah. You were blonde. You were blonde. Blunder. Blunder than now. of two great roads before you stands yourself it's an older version of yourself it's you plus paces times x it's a terracotta army of yous cashiers business owners parents political activists elderly yous and finally supine rotting yous to your left we see you in stasis the same creature for a thousand miles. A team of doctors poke at you and read your screen. It's an oscilloscope. It's.
Delivery Drew drove the dew to and through the stool. Went he there and livered them to shots of diluted drainy stew. The day as follows after these swallows would fever his liver through. He threw off his bonnet and irised his grommet, a vomit he made to spew. fan of uh, uh, Michel Foucault and uh, I've always been an entrepreneur and uh, I um, I remember back in the days I used to go to a penny farthing I used to go to uh, Nickelodeon and you drop the penny inside and you look and you got you know a good 30 30 seconds of uh, an elephant an elephant dancing or you got a good 30 seconds of uh, a little titty show or uh, you got like uh, Charlie Chaplin pratfall and uh, I just think with, with modern technology, we can achieve a sort of uh, perfect machine uh, to combine the live, that is taking, taking your, your, your you porn or your, uh, your, your red tube without having to get everyone in one of these newfangled VR machines because you do have to leave your house sometime and there's something about the the mob mentality when you're in a group you can kind of smell the pheromones on the others so w when you are looking and we are obviously facing the sex death that the Japanese have brought upon themselves by God bless the troops not having an army maybe that maybe they got to look at their constitution but I'm trying to ignite the lust of American man again with what I call the pornopticon. I'm, I'm combining plucky American entrepreneurship, technology, and the sexual liberation of the 1960s. When you step into the panopticon, moreover around the panopticon, essentially you have a, a cube, a cube with uh, made of two-way mirrors. You've entered the room, and this room is wrapped around a hotel room where you can essentially, you can essentially jerk off while you watch and there's different pay grades because you gotta have a uh, nice selection for to, to bring in the crowds uh, of either uh, witting partners where they're just you know going at it not really great angles but you get to see like it's real titties and like might be a girl next door kind of situation um, but you're on these kind of foot ladder, step stool foot ladder things with like other guys and uh we'll obviously be serving like wings uh so yeah you get wings with them that we hang up by the people and it's kind of like a urinal like there's this kind of unspoken like don't look uh don't touch maybe but you know we're all here having fun and doing what god uh, makes us do uh, so you're looking in and you got your choice now you've got your wings beside you two sauces you got hot sauce and you got like a blue like your blue sauce or if you want ranch you can have or like thousand island you can also have that um, no problem there's absolutely no problem with that but 
if, if you want like, you know, vegetarian options, we're considering that as well, um, because we're looking at moving to the urban centers, but you, you basically, you're really there to see what sex, to remind yourself, remind yourself what procreation looks like. We are a pro-life pornopticon, so we would like, we're really there to, to try to, I don't know if you've ever seen a stud in a farm, but they show them a lot of kind of things so that when they slip that sock on there and they need to, they need to make more foals, uh, that, that stud will just go to town. Uh, and we're really trying to make, you know, bring the, the south back uh, with all these studs. So this, this Pornopticon is kind of a stud farm. It's really a perfect integration with the kind of choice economy. myself to eat it. So why'd you start now? You're not doing bold. Everyone's just been telling me, you know, why keep it on? It's not perfect. Just get rid of it. It's fine being bold. Start out. Start wearing an eye patch. Gotta maybe uh, start learning to hate women. Now it's affair. Nothing will make you see more your quality as a reproductive object than to have that taken away. In Turkey, they've got fantastic plugs. I don't even have 2,000 quid. How am I supposed to get that?
the sad piano. Charles Hawtrey was a very successful concert pianist. He lived to play piano. He would think only of practice and improvement. Charles lived in Kent, where he had a huge estate with a piano in almost every room. His favourite piano was a large white open back grand, which was kept in his library. Charles would play all of his pianos in equal measure, but this particular piano he loved the most. He named her Chardonnay, after a stripper who once issued a restraining order on him. Over time, Charles realised that Chardonnay seemed to play much sadder notes than before, with flashes of anger. It wasn't mere melancholia, thought Charles. This was certainly a sickness. He thought playing Chardonnay more would help things, but things only got worse. Charles was distraught. After minutes and minutes of pondering, Charles decided it was an existential crisis. Chardonnay was giving so much, but getting nothing in return. I've got it! exclaimed Charles, running to his music room across the way. He picked up his violin, which he thought might cheer up his distressed instrument, playing for over six minutes to no avail. Then, after thinking it over once again, he knew what he had to do. Charles put the violin at Chardonnay's foot. She wants not to be played, but to play, he decided. Chardonnay didn't play the violin all evening, nor the next day, and all the time, Charles found her sound ever more depressing, even when he played the entertainer. He was at a loss. One evening, Charles came home from a concert, having worried about Chardonnay all night. His keys didn't work for some reason, probably his nerves, he concluded. So he walked around the grounds, thinking it might shake them off. When he got to the back of the home, to the library, to check on Chardonnay, he noticed Chardonnay was gone. So he broke the window to see what had happened. Everything had gone. Everything. He stood in the front hallway and noticed a sold sign on his front lawn, and a note from his wife saying, as discussed, I've gone, and I've sold everything.
you know, you, you know, you're always trying to get things to come out perfect in art because uh, it's real difficult in life. what I turned 18 the other day I'm legal but I'm still a kid can you know such a kid 18 years old you know you know you I mean I, I just don't want that thing about you that I like to change you really hurt me hey don't be so mature okay I've got to make a plane come on you um, you don't you don't have to go why couldn't you have brought this up last week? Six months isn't so long. Everybody gets corrupted. You have to have a little faith in people. 